good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. Come to worship and to praise and to magnify a wonderful, great, big God. Amen. So thankful for everything that everyone has had to say to this point. At this time, I'd like uh, Brother Matthew and uh, Brother Nubbin and Brother Charles Samuel Duplessis to make their way to the platform. I've asked them uh, each to have something to say about their dads and just dads in general. And uh, so we're going to do that this morning before I preach. Let me make some announcements while uh, they are coming. One, that will be out of town uh, leaving in the morning, going to Missouri to preach a camp in Missouri. And uh, so I'll be out of town uh, till Saturday. I'll be getting back home Saturday, so we'll not be here Wednesday night. Brother Duplessis will be here. And uh, also where we're going is uh, bad cell service. So if you're trying to get a hold of me and I don't respond immediately, um, give me a little bit of time and uh, I'll be in and out of cell service. If you need something, uh, get a hold of Brother Duplessis if it's an emergency and uh, they will contact me one way or the other. So uh, be faithful to the house of God and uh, just remember to pray and seek the face of the Lord. Do it on a daily basis. Amen. Tonight, um, I have, I've done this before and I felt like uh, doing it again. And uh, so <clears throat> if you agree with it, good. If you don't, I'm sorry, but I, I just felt like it was a good thing to do. Uh, we're going to dismiss the evening service tonight. And I've asked all the fathers uh, to do something special with your children. <clears throat> doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, but get together and uh, if it is not possible, make phone calls, do something. If, uh, if you can, um, uh, use the new, new, uh, new ways of doing things to get in contact with one another. And I believe it's very important to uh, our life today. And so I ask you to do that. I want to thank everyone today for all the calls and the text before service. Thank you very much. It means a lot to me. And I do appreciate it. And uh, since I've got to church, many uh, happy Father's Day greetings and thank you very much. Lord bless you. Brother Matthew, start us off. Well, uh, I didn't know I was going to be doing this till yesterday, but uh, I've thought about it. And, uh, well, I'd like to wish all of the fathers here a happy Father's Day. A uh, special thanks to my dad and uh, Pops and Poppy. Thank you for raising my dad because he is definitely the best dad that I've ever had, that is in the whole world, not that I've ever had. I've had several father figures, but my dad is the most prominent uh, man in my life. Uh, and uh, he is more than a father to me because, I mean, he's a teacher and a not just high school teacher, but he he's taught me how to fish. He's taught me how to hunt, and he's, he taught me everything. And most of all, he taught me how to live for God. He taught me how to pray. He taught me how to love God. And he's, shown, he's taught me by his actions to love people. He loves 
his wife. He's a great husband, and I've never seen him abuse my my mother. I've never seen him talk bad about her. He's always been loving towards her and his and his daughters. He's loved them. He's always loved me. He's he's never he's never been not been there for me. And uh, I mean, yes, I've been corrected before. I like they said, nobody likes correction, but it was needed, and and I'm very thankful for it because without that, I probably wouldn't be here today. And uh, he's been a provider to me. He's always he's always been working. I mean, nobody ever had to tell him to get up. Hey, your kids are hungry. You need to work. He's always been there, and you, you can't ask for a better father than that. And I look around, and I see the love and the kindness he shows towards people. And and as the youth leader, he he treats everybody. He tries to treat everybody equally, and he doesn't discriminate. I mean, he is harder on his children than the other kids, but that is to be expected. But and I'm so thankful to have a dad that loves this truth, that loves God, and uh, has taught me throughout the years. And and I'm when I'm older, I hope I'm only half the man that my dad is because I could never account to what he's done. Uh, Sister Megan read a poem this morning and was talking about being corrected and not being able to uh, sit for a week. I can say that I have been there. Uh, I know y'all don't believe this, but I was a uh, smart aleck and a mean child. So there was a there were several times, and, and the majority of the whippings I got from my dad, I got them all the time from my mother, but the majority of the whippings I got from him was uh, being carried home from Sunday school and, and getting a whooping. Uh, believe that or not, but that happened several times. Uh, one thing that, that growing up that I did not like was uh, male role models having uh, a father father like I had and a pastor like I had. I didn't have to go out and look for advice or uh, you know, somebody to be a male role model because I had it right here, so I wasn't lacking in that area. Uh, a lot of times now that I'm in politics, uh, I get a request to speak at different civic organizations. So whatever topic I'm going to talk on, uh, I have to do a little research on it. But for the topic today, the research I had was the life that this man led for 74 years. <laughs> And set an example for me and my brothers and sisters. I think they would agree with me when I say that we got the best dad ever. Uh, and like I said a while ago, you know, he, he, Brother Duplessis was talking about it. Uh, if, if nowadays if we were growing up and, and got the punishment we got when we was growing up, he'd be put in jail because... I mean, there were certain things, you know. One thing that really comes to mind when I think about him is consistency. Uh, he's been consistent for years. Every other Saturday, whether or not I wanted it or not, I grew up in the 70s where it was popular to have long hair. Well, every other Saturday I was at the bank barbershop getting a haircut. 
he was consistent. Uh, when it come time uh, in the summertime for church trips, and the church was going to Astroworld, he was consistent. I wasn't going. He didn't believe in Astroworld. Uh, and we didn't we didn't sit down uh, every year and get ready to plan a, a summer vacation uh, because wherever Dude Cavness was preaching at that summer, that's where we was going. Uh, you know, there was just certain things that wasn't negotiable. And uh, one thing that uh, that uh, I can say too, uh, I have a lot of respect for. Uh, my dad and I both are elected officials, but during the uh, primary season, we can't vote for each other because he's a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Uh, one thing that I really have respect for him for is never switching parties, and that goes back to what I said when I said he's consistent. Uh, he he don't believe in abortion. Uh, he don't believe in in a lot of the things the Democratic Party, you know, today stands for, but. Because that's the way he was raised and, and, and his beliefs with the unions and things like that, he's consistently been a Democrat, and I have a lot of respect for him for that. Uh, one thing that never happened with me and my brothers or sisters uh, growing up, not one time did any of us bow up to him. We had enough sense not to do that. Even today, that doesn't happen. He still sits at the head of the table on Sundays, and he's the head of the house. Uh, and I appreciate that. And uh, like I said earlier, along with my brothers and sisters, I think they would agree with me that we have the best dad. And uh, also, I'd like to take just a second, <clears throat> if Brother Luper don't mind, and say how much uh, an inspiration my father-in-law is to me in my current situation. Uh, the night that I got elected and took over as a city councilman for the city of Silsby, he got out of the chair and I got in the chair. And... Uh, he is one of the uh, smartest men I've ever met, and he has a lot of wisdom and inspiration to me, and I want to tell him I appreciate that. Praise God. Well, I want to say, first of all, Happy Father's Day to all the dads in here this morning. And uh, I will say this, I have a a lot of, I, I look at this the same way I look on, on Mother's Day. I have my mother and my mother-in-law, but uh, and also I have a lot of mothers here in this church, and I feel the same way about dads. I have my dad, first of all, and I have my, my pastor, my father in the Lord. and uh, But I have a lot of dads here this morning. <laughs> kind of helped raise me, and I, I, I love you and appreciate you for that. Um, I also would like, and they, he said, Brother Luper said to say something about uh, your father and fathers in general. So I want to, I will say this this morning, if I can, real quick, since I have a, this opportunity. I have uh, a son and two son-in-laws, and uh, I, I appreciate them. They're all, they're all dads. They're all fathers to my grandchildren, and the only one here this morning is my son-in-law, Brad. And uh, he, he stood up and said that he loved his children, his son, his three boys. And I will say that he de definitely loves those boys. And I appreciate that. He's a good dad. I can't fault him, and I don't. I appreciate him being the daddy he is to my grandsons. And uh, I wish he needs to beat them a little bit more, but... <laughs> 
I think he leaves that up to Elizabeth. So, <laughs> No, I, I can't fault him for that. I, I do appreciate him, and I'm saying that right now, that I appreciate my pastor, Brother Looper. And he is an example to me. I know Brother Duplessis already mentioned that his, the age difference doesn't have anything to do with it. That uh, our, our pastor, Brother Looper, is a great example, not not only as a pastor, as a man of God, but as a, a daddy, a father to his children, and raising them, and raising some of our, our children and grandchildren. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's stand and give him honor this morning. Thank you, Brother Looper. And uh, I do, I do thank God for my dad. Um, I don't know where to begin on this. I've had a lot of thoughts in my mind this morning, and uh, I'm feeling kind of emotional here today. A lot of things, a lot of thoughts. I'm uh, 55 years old, and uh, I've had my dad for 55 years in my life. Amen. Not all of it was good on my part. <laughs> uh, he said he had some regrets on, well, he, he was the dad he should have been to me and my, my sisters. Uh, I, I guess I'll leave this alone, but uh, uh, we caused a lot of grief to him when we were growing up. And I've already repented over all that, and it's as I told somebody, that's all under the blood. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank God for that this morning. But uh, I still have, my mother was had a garage sale a few years ago, and she had some items, several items in there. And I was looking, we went over there, and I was looking through there, and there was a big, long alligator hide belt in there, in that garage sale. And I said, what are you doing with this? You're not going to sell this. I said, I want that. I got, I have a lot of memories. <laughs> and, uh, I do. I, I, I don't forget those, those whippings that I got with that alligator hide belt. And I still have it hanging in my closet. And you say, well, that's a terrible memory. No, it's, that's not a terrible memory. That's a, that, those are, those are memories that I thank God for my dad that corrected me when I needed it. And oh, believe me, I, there's a, <laughs> There's a lot he didn't catch, and they didn't catch. And uh, to this day, there's things he don't know, but we won't, <laughs> we won't go into that. But, but uh, I thank God every, every whipping I got. We call, call them spankings if you want. No, I got whoopings. Amen. And uh, for, for good reasons. And uh, he always had me, when he got through, he made me come and, and hug him and tell him I, that uh, I loved him. And uh, that was hard to do. I didn't want to do that. Uh, but I thank God, thank God, thank Him for that. And uh, I love my dad. I appreciate him. I, I, had, to, I had to share my dad uh, growing up, and you understand that as him being the pastor for all those years. And I, I, actually, I, I really did. I shared my dad. Tiffany, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all have to share your dad. Uh, and that's okay. I don't, re- I don't resent that. I didn't resent that at all because my dad was a dad, a father to many young people growing up. 
And uh, I, I, I thank God for that. I respect him for that. And uh, he didn't, that didn't take away from him being the dad he needed to be to me and to my sisters. He was always, he was always there. And uh, amen, I appreciate that. Um, I, had a, I had some, a lot of things I wanted to say. Uh, I will say this, and the main thing, the most important thing and that I thank my dad for, my father, is that he raised me in this truth. He raised me and he taught me this truth, this one God, Holy Ghost filled, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name, in the, in the watery grave, one God, amen, uh, message that, that he preached, holiness message that he preached, never backed up from it, never, never wavered, he never changed and uh, I thank him for that. I thank him for bringing me to the house of God. I know I need to hurry, but uh, I, I was talking to a, a young man. I, I say young man. He's 28 years old. Yesterday, and uh, we, we was he mentioned something and uh, said something about. Anyway, we got talking, and uh, he said something about when he was growing up about camp, uh, church camp. And I said, Well, where'd you go to church? And he told me. And I said, "What well, do you do you still ever go? Because he's kind of wild looking, kind of wild character." I, he's and I was surprised at, at that at all. He said, "No." He said, I, "I." He said, "I don't. I don't go anymore." He said, "My parents forced me to go to church." And he said, "I kind of, you know." And uh, well, anyway, I invited him to church. But I, I, uh, I thought about that. That the way he worded that, that his his parents forced him to go to church. And I never, I never felt that way about my parents. It was just life. It was part of our life. It was, I was not forced to go to church. I, I went to church because that's what we did. You know, I went to the house of God because that's, that's what we did. We went to church. When it come church time, we went to church. He didn't, my, my dad didn't say, do you want to go to church tonight? No, I, I went, we went to church until I grew up and moved out of the house. I went to church when it come church time. Uh, I wasn't forced to go. I, I, I thought about it later. I should have asked him, well, did your parents force you to take a bath? And do you hate that now? Because you have to bathe, had to bathe when you was a kid growing up. Did your parents force you to eat? healthy and so now you don't eat healthy because they forced you to do that you know and I could go on and on and on with that because that's a pretty ridiculous thing my dad gave me that privilege and raised me in the house of God and I thank God for that amen I'll tell you what uh it, it well I'm not going to get off on how to on parenthood and how to be a good parent but uh you know raise an, raise up a child in the way that is right and when he is old he won't de- he will not depart from it Amen. Be a great, be a good dad. Be a great dad. Raise your children in the house of God. You can't go wrong there. If now, when they get old and they move out and that's their option and they don't want to live for God, then it's on them and not on you. But if you say, "Hey, do you want to go?" You know, at ten years old, do you want to go to church this morning? We're going. We're going. No, you have that responsibility. I'm not trying to do Brother Looper's job, but you have that responsibility as a dad. Hey, we're going to church. There's no question. Let's get ready. Let's go. And I thank God my dad raised me that way. He brought me up. He, we went to the house of God. He preached the truth. He was a good dad. He, he did everything right. And I thank him for that. I appreciate my dad. I love him today. 
Amen. For all the years that I've had him, I love him and I appreciate him today. Amen. Don't kill him, Brad. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Didn't they do a good job? Give these men a good hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for good men that recognize the importance of direction in their life by wonderful fathers. And uh, I would like to say a special greetings and happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are here today. Lord bless you, love and appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, so thankful for uh, you doing God's work and uh, doing family work and being what God wants you to be. And uh, I want to say a special thank you to Brother McDaniel. Lord bless you. Happy Father's Day to Brother McDaniel. I thought he was going to say what a bad sermon Wednesday night was. And to all of our guests that are here, thank you for coming today celebrating Father's Day. And I know it means a lot to your wife and to your children that you would come today. Thank you so much, and it means a lot to your dads that you are here today. Lord bless you for being in the house of the Lord. And uh, I feel like I've already been blessed by being in the house of God. And I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Good place to be is in God's house. Amen. Amen. I want to say um, my prayers and thoughts are with all of you today who have lost um, loved ones through this year, especially Father, um, that you may have lost in this past year. Our prayers go out to you, and I want to... um, let you know that we are thinking about you, and I know that you're going through a difficult time. I was uh, calling and texting uh, preacher friends of mine who have lost their dads, and uh, I know exactly what you feel and uh, what you're going through, and uh, our prayers are with you today. And uh, just think about all the good times that you had together and you shared together, and uh, Thank God for His goodness that He has blessed us. I'm thankful for all the positive influences that I've had in my life by positive men of God. And I want to say a special thank you to my father-in-law and uh, Brother Duplessy 
and a wonderful man uh, that God has put in my life. And uh, not only is he my father-in-law, but he's, he's like a daddy to me. And uh, he is my best friend, and I'm so thankful uh, for Brother Duplessis. I'm thankful for what he instilled in each one of you for the past 40-something years. Thankful that he's still here in this church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Duplessis. Let's go to the Word of the Lord this morning, Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7, and uh, I want to uh, try to be uh, fast this morning, but since we're not going to have church tonight, I'd preach about 45 minutes this morning and 45 minutes for tonight, so that gives me plenty of time to get done today. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to be here Wednesday night, so another 45 minutes for Wednesday night. We just have all-day church and cold dinner on the ground. <laughs> I know you have a lot planned for today, and I uh, hope all of you ladies cooked a good meal for your husbands, Amen. the father of your children. Boy, that's very weak. I better leave that subject alone. And uh, <clears throat> But anyway, uh, they deserve the best. Hope all of you's done something good. Anybody got any good Father's Day gifts? Oh, yeah. Is it real good, Tiffany? I might hurry this up then. And uh, what about it, Terry? Is it real good? You, you better have one. <laughs> Tony? Tammy? What I want to know, Tiffany, did you buy my gift with that graduation money? <laughs> Probably put it on my credit card. <laughs> uh oh, that's a look of yeah, I did. <laughs> my wife took me out this week and um took me over to Houston and bought my meal and uh and uh, took me to the mall and bought me a nice gift. Man, she said, I'm gonna buy it and I'm thinking, where are you getting this money from? But she said she worked for it, so it's hers. One thing about it, she had it, and she was going to spend it on herself. But she did spend it on me. I do appreciate that. And uh, thankful for a good wife, thankful for my children. And uh, even though they're not boys, I'm thankful for my girls. God has blessed me and uh, blessed me with four wonderful children. And I'm thankful for, for all that God has blessed me with. And He blessed me. Not because I asked, but he blessed me with a son-in-law. And uh, he could be a bum, but he's not, and I'm thankful for that. (laughs) Uh, Hard-working young man, I do appreciate that very much, and he loves God. So I've got a lot to be thankful for. The only thing... By this time next year, I'm looking at a couple of young couples here. I'm praying that they are fathers by this time next year. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Praise God. But Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7, The wise man said, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith 
he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is the power of positive thinking, I guess. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. I want to preach to us for a few moments this morning, a few minutes, a few hours, a few days, whatever, uh, from this subject. Is your heart in it? Is your heart in it? Lord bless you for standing. You may be seated. I, uh, I started on this subject a couple of, three months ago, I guess it was, and um, I, I read, I actually read this text, but I went in a totally different direction. I have felt at different times, and then I, I felt like keeping this sermon for today, so maybe it's because you're here that God would like to talk to you, but I, I feel very strongly about this today, and this being Father's Day, we'll go along with Father's Day, I'm going to try to um, talk to us a little bit about parenting and the necessity of parenting. Uh, your heart, your heart is a very important thing. It's more uh, when we talk about our heart, you know, and, and uh, when you're giving your heart to somebody and when you're, when you're writing these little love letters to each other, that you draw a picture of a heart, just a heart shape. Everybody knows what a heart shape is. But that's not necessarily what your heart is. That's not what it looks like. And uh, But your heart is just, I guess your heart in your body is just a muscle that just pumps blood through your body. It's very important. be difficult to live without it, they say, and I don't want to try it. But <clears throat> anyway... But your heart, more of speaking than, than just that organ in your body, the very center, what, what your life uh, is wrapped around, the heart. You hear the saying, let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's get to the, let's get, that means you're just getting to the very source, the very root, the, the, the center point. And so that is what I want to talk to you about, your heart. Is your heart in what you're doing? The importance of your heart being with God, Psalms chapter 44 and verse number 18 says, Our heart is not turned back, neither has our steps declined from thy way. Psalms chapter 112 and verse number 7 says, he shall not be afraid of evil things. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. There's one thing that you have to have set. You have to have your heart set. Amen. You have to have, you, you talk about it, your mind, your heart, your mind made up, your heart fixed upon the things of God. The reason why people have trouble living for God is they never got their heart fixed on God. Your mind, your heart's got to be made up. And you cannot be a double-minded person if you're going to serve God. Because, there, you know, the old saying is, I've been running for Jesus for a long time, 
And I haven't got tired yet. I haven't got tired. I haven't got tired. I haven't got tired yet. And uh, But there's going to be times on the journey where you're going to get tired. I've gotten tired before. But the thing that kept me going was my mind and my heart was fixed. My mind was made up. There is no other option. If you keep options, you will revert to the other options. You will depend upon those options. If there is a way out, sometimes you'll be taken that way out. But when you serve God, you've got to have a made up mind. Your heart has got to be fixed that I will not quit. Now, now, folks, I know I've scared you to death talking about I'm going to preach all day. But I'm not going to preach all day, so help me out just a little bit. Stay awake. If you'll give me, if you'll give me 45 minutes of your undivided, staying awake attention, I promise I'll let you go. Possibly before then. But, <clears throat> but anyway, your heart has got to be fixed. It makes a difference where your heart is. It makes a difference where your heart is. Some of your hearts is already at the dinner table right now. It makes a difference where your heart is. Proverbs chapter, again, the wise man said in 14 and 14, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Their lips, they, they honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Have you ever had anybody to tell you one thing and do something else? They can tell you whatever they think that you want to hear. But you know it's not what they mean. It's hard for me to, to believe someone who tells me what they think about me and what they think about things and then do something totally different. That's, that's difficult for me to grasp hold of that and really believe it. Because the backslider in heart, where did he backslide first? He backslid in his heart. It wasn't the outside, but it was the inside. It was the very center of it. It was his focus. It was, it was the very, uh, stability of his walk with God. The backslider in heart. They, 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 they shall be filled with his own ways, and the good man shall be satisfied from himself. The backslider in heart. Matthew, excuse me, I, I misquoted that scripture before, but now we'll go to Matthew chapter 8, or 15 and verse number 8. Jesus said, This people draw it nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They, they, they say one thing and they do something else. They tell me one thing, but their actions is something totally different. But their heart is far from me. Jesus also said this in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 34. For where your treasure is, what did it say? There will your heart be also. Wherever your treasure is, that's what's going to draw you. That's what's going to dominate you. That's going to be the force in your life. Wherever your treasure is, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. 
wherever your treasure is. There was a man that went out and he found a pearl of great price hid in a field. What did he do? He went back and sold everything that he had. He got rid of everything, and what did he do with everything that he had gotten rid of? He turned it into financial security, and he purchased that field. That's where his heart was. That's what, that was the driving point of his life. That's what he was thinking about. That's what he was focusing on. Wherever your heart is. There's nothing wrong with having things. But remember that. It's you having things. It's not things having you. When things have you, they possess your heart. And they dominate what you do. There's nothing wrong with enjoying activities. But when activities possess you, they own you. They dominate you. They take control of you. That's the reason why are not the the main reason why there's many reasons why because uh, of different different things but reasons why we don't smoke and we don't drink and we don't do drugs is because they are controlling substance that controls you they are addicting you should not allow anything to control you Caffeine. Woo, that might be the sacred cow. But if you can't live your day without a cup of coffee, and I like coffee, try to break that habit. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Don't allow things to control you because where your heart is, that's where your treasure's at. That's what's drawing you back. That's what's, that's the reason why your heart's got to be in the church. Because where your heart is is going to draw you to church. Brother McDaniel, on a rainy Wednesday night, where your heart is draws you to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Where your heart is will make you be faithful to the things of God. It doesn't matter if the preacher's looking. It doesn't matter if anybody else is looking. Where your heart is is going to draw you back to the center point. That's where my heart's at. That's what keeps me right. That's what keeps me straight. That's what keeps me going. Where your heart is. Amen. Amen. The heart. The heart. The heart. Is your heart in it? Is your heart in living for God? Is your heart in serving God? Is your heart in being what God wants you to be? Is your heart in the work of God? Is your heart in the work of God? Is your heart still in church to where where it was like the night you got the Holy Ghost? Man, I, I hate to even have to wait till Wednesday night to get back to the house of God. Is your heart still in it? Is it still the dominating force in your life. Amen. I want to tell you today, the, 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 the greatest thing that we have in this life is not our new car. It's not our boats. It's not our guns. It's not our bow and arrows. It's not the shopping malls. It's not 
our house. It's not these things, but it's our family. That's the greatest thing that God has given us physically, is our family. A heart needs to be in the home. Amen. God must be first. Your family better be second. Before your job. Amen. Before your job is your family. That don't mean uh, that a lot of people take that as they're so spiritual and so caught up with family affairs that they can't even work. The Bible says he that don't provide for his own is worse than an infidel. Amen. A man is supposed to work. That's life. That's life. You don't get so spiritual that you can't go out and make a living. But you can't get so wrapped up in possessions that it takes you away from God and away from your family. What is a rich man that spends all of his time getting wealth and never time with his family? Amen. As I think about my daddy today, I had a wonderful, wonderful role model. And uh, I, I tell you, he was, he was a man's man. And I'm thankful for the things that my daddy had put in me. I, I was reading some stuff I would like to share with you, the importance of a father. And uh, it says in 1960, only 10% of children were raised without a father in the home. Today, that percentage has risen to 40% of children are raised in a single family home. Children are better with fathers. Amen. This world and this society that we live in has dumbed down leadership of fathers. But children are better with fathers. Children with fathers are less likely to live in poverty. Children with fathers are less, or excuse me, children with fathers do better in school. Children without fathers are more likely to do jail time. Children without fathers, or children with fathers, are less likely to do drugs and alcohol. Children without fathers are more likely to be sexually active as teenagers. Children without fathers are more likely to be obese. Children with fathers get more roughhousing. And roughhousing, this is what the article says, makes kids awesome. What they are saying that they cannot say because it's not politically correct is children with father figures in their life is a lot less likely to be homosexual. That's what they meant to say, that they cannot say. And probably I won't be able to say it very much longer. But anyway, that's the fact of life. Children 
with fathers are more likely to have a larger vocabulary. So be careful, fathers, what vocabulary you're teaching them. Children with fathers are more likely to be encouraged to take healthy risk. Children with fathers gain many additional benefits to health and happiness. I know today that society tries to say that two women or two men can make a family and raise healthy children. But that's a very unhealthy environment. Now, my hat is off to those who are facing circumstances, maybe in this building today, that, that have the demand of raising children in a one-parent home. My heart goes out to you, and I want you to take this no way as criticism. There's some things that's just the circumstances of life. We didn't choose it. Some things just happen in life. But it does not diminish the fact of God had a plan. And in the process of the plan, God had a man and a woman that He put together, and they created more life that was in the plan of God. Now, a lot of people under the day and hour that we are in seem to think that the only deal to being a daddy is is producing a child, but there is much more involved in that than just doing that. There is responsibility that goes along with with having children. That is very important responsibilities that go along with having children. The society that we have today, and they, I've, I read this in an article, that more than not, it's like a 90% rate uh, of when... Uh, a couple that are going to di- divorce and go before the judge, the law, and uh, he he starts making the ruling on where the children are going to live. Ninety percent of the time, the woman gets full custody. But they are saying now that that's very unhealthy. They're looking more to joint custody, where a child will have a father figure in their life. They are encouraging parents that maybe you can't get along and you can't live together, but for the sake of the children, allow each other to have time with the children. Amen. Because they are coming to the conclusion that kids need a father figure. Because of things that I have read today that helps them. More than just someone that is at home, they need someone to lead them. And someone to guide them. And someone to instruct them. I did an in-house survey a few months ago, 
and not even anticipating using this on Father's Day. But I took my children and I told them, I said, I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to think of the five top things that I have done for you or that I mean to you or how I have influenced your life in a positive or negative way. And I said, I want you to write down five things. This is what I found very interesting. Now, my children uh, that are old enough to have vehicles, I have been fortunate enough, and they have been fortunate enough that I was able to purchase them vehicles. I have bought them clothes. I have bought them bicycles. I have bought them sea-doos. I have bought them Polarises. I have bought them four-wheelers. I have, uh, I've done everything that I possibly can for them. But I found it very interesting on the five top things that they have picked that I have done for them. Out of the things they picked that I have done is not what I bought them. One of them, the four out of five, was not what I bought them. Another one picked six things, and six out of six was not things that I bought them. Another one, three out of five, was not things that I bought them. Another one was four out of five, was not things that I bought them. But you want to know what it was? It all consisted of my time that I had spent with them. Places that I have took them personally. Things that I have done with them one-on-one. Occasions that we have sat down and had just talked together. That was the most important things to them that I have done for them in their life. I could have saved myself a lot of money. I'm thinking about doing that. We'll cut out all those things and see what it is next year. But I found that very interesting. I was I was not expecting that, but I was impressed by that. And it let me know that we can get so busy about the things, and all they need is time. All they want is time. You know what my daddy did for me and he bought for me and he provided for me. But you know the greatest occasions is not when he, although I can remember it, is not when he showed up to my eighth birthday riding a new motorcycle that threw him off in the driveway before he gave it to me, which was quite comical. And uh, that old man riding that motorcycle, he must have been 40 years old. <clears throat> but, but... It was not the time that he pulls up in the driveway with the new car. It was not the times that he pulled up in the driveway with the, with the new truck or he, he bought me a new gun. It was not all those times, but it's the times that we were together that my mind goes back to of in the fishing boat together, on the deer stand together. I can remi- remember sitting on the deer stand. I, 
Lord, taking me duck hunting. Some of you guys think that it's too much trouble with your children. I was probably five years old, and my daddy was taking me duck hunting. I know it was a lot of trouble, but back then they did not have propane heaters such as we have today, where you light up and you can just set set it there and it keeps you warm. My daddy took me, I can remember, it was so cold that we was pulling up on top of the ice in the boat and jumping up and down in the front of the boat to break the ice. It was cold. It was cold. I was probably five years old. He takes me out there and he puts me on a stump. He gets a bucket of charcoal and he lights that bucket of charcoal and builds me a fire to keep me from freezing to death because he wanted to take me duck hunting. I can remember sitting on the deer stand, I told you about this Wednesday night, disturbing his hunt after hunt after hunt after hunt, because when it would get dark, Homer was ready to go. I didn't like darkness, still don't like darkness. But but uh, I can remember one day sitting on the deer stand, the deer stand was not big enough for both of us, somewhere in the, I don't know, boy, it was dangerous. And if Mama would have known this, she'd have been couldn't even rest. But he set me on the step below him, and I was I was sitting on one step, had my head run through the other one, with my arms propped over it to hold me in, and I went to sleep. All that was holding me there was just the pressure. He wasn't worried about me. He was hunting. And uh, I can remember him shooting a deer, and that gun woke me up, and I like to scared me to death. It's a miracle I didn't fall out of the deer stand. But I can remember those times of being together. I want to tell you today, church, I want to tell you today, especially to the fathers, we need to slow down life just a little bit. I look at pictures. My wife hates it when I get out pictures because I sit there in a chair and I look at pictures and I get depressed. I think about, my Lord, time is flying by. Where did the years go? Where did the time go? How did it get by so fast? And all that matters, the four-wheelers don't run anymore. The motorcycle is gone. The cars are in the junkyard somewhere today. But you know what last? The memories and what He placed in my heart. The times that we spent together. The times that we had each other. I want to tell you today, you can buy all the things that you want to buy. You can hire somebody to teach them how to swim. You can hire somebody to teach them how to play ball. You can hire somebody to teach them how to do this and how to do that. But I want to tell you the most important thing is hands-on, fathers. We have a responsibility. I know you have children. I know you have a wife. But I want to ask you the question, where is your heart today? Where is your heart today? Is your heart with your wife? Or is it more time spent on the internet? Looking at things you should not look at. Participating in things you should not participate in. Is your heart with the children? Your children are, are they a bore to you? Are they disturbing to you? Do they take up of your time? Do you look at them as a blessing from God? 
I need to look at them and say, boy, if I didn't have them, I could have a new car. If I didn't have them, we could go here. We could go there. Instead of looking at them, they are a blessing and a responsibility. And my life continues on through them. Are you saying I love you and showing different actions? You're doing one thing, but you're saying all the right things, but you're doing something else. Is your heart with God and the things of God? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, For what is a man prophet? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? More than success in life. We're going through a deal right now. Tiffany's trying to decide what she wants to do in life what she wants to be in life. I told her, I said, what you need to do is find you a young man that's got a call of God on his life that wants to preach the gospel. That's what you need to do with your life. Not because you can be successfully financially, but because it's about the kingdom. It's not about us. It's about Him. The Scripture said in John, 3 John chapter 1 and verse number 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. It is important how you live, daddies. It is important how you act, daddies. It is important what you say. It is important what you do. It is important how you pray. It is important about your faithfulness and your commitment to God. You have a responsibility that no one else can do or take your place. Your wife cannot take your place. No one else on earth can ever take your place because it's what God has called you to do. And the question I ask you today, is your heart in what you're doing? Is your heart in what you're doing? I know it's kind of quiet today and a somber feeling in the house, but hopefully you're listening to me. Is your heart in what you're doing? Where a man's treasure is, I've had people tell me, oh, man, I, I, told, I told my boy not to do that. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you show him not to do it? I told them they ought to do such and such. Why not show them? They can hear me talk about it all day long, mamas and daddies. But until you get a burden to be faithful to God and be faithful to the house of God, and be faithful to prayer, and be faithful in living for God. What I say is a sound of brass and a tinkling cymbal. 
because you're the greatest preacher that they're ever going to have in their life. They will not listen to me until they see you listening to me. They will not respond to me only according to the way that you respond. Amen. Is your heart in what you're doing? Is your heart in raising your family? Is your heart in being a daddy? Is your heart in being the man that God has called you to be? Is your heart in doing the things that God has called you to do? How long has it been since you sat down and had a talk just to feel their feelings and hear what they've got to say? And we're all, we are all, I know we are all, I know myself, we are all guilty of this. We tell them a lot. I tell my kids a lot. I don't ask them too much of anything. But we tell them a lot. Sometimes we need to sit down and ask, how are you making it today? How are you doing today? What's going on in your life today? What's taking place in your world today? How's life treating you today? I am very interested in being a better father. I'm very interested in being what God has called me to be. I'm very interested more than anything in this world. I am interested in seeing my children fall in love with this truth and dedicate and consecrate their life to this God that I serve and see it in me that there is something real to what's going on in Daddy's life. If, I never, if I'm never able to give them anything in life, I hope that I'm able to transfer a blessing at the end of the road and say what I have and what I have lived for and what I have stood for. I'm going to give it to you and see them embrace this truth. I have no greater joy. It's not that my, my daughters would marry the wealthiest man in the world. It's not that my daughters would have the greatest job in the world, the CEO of a major company, but more than this, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. I would rather see my children on this platform singing, playing, worshiping, than in the biggest ball stadium in the world, playing before thousands of people. I would rather see my daughter serving God than winning all the beauty pageants in the world because they have fallen in love with God. And they are serving God. And they are being... I tell you, these kids singing in this choir means more to me than anything in the world. Seeing them worship like happened Sunday night. Money can't buy that, church. Money cannot buy what happened here Sunday. 
You know what brings that? It, bring, it is brought on by parents that has transferred a blessing. And I want to tell you, a lot of this you're going to take by criticism, but what I've got to say is not criticizing us today, but helping us to realize the important role that we play in life of our children. But I want to tell you what brings this is by parents that have been faithful to God, parents that have served God, parents that have been spending time with their children faithfully, committedly, showing them how to pray, showing them how to live for God, showing them how to worship. They should not have to look to me for inspiration on, how do you do this, preacher? Show me how to shout. Show me how to pray. But they should look at daddy. Daddy showed me how. Mama showed me how. They took me to the prayer room. They took me to church. They showed me how to lift my hands and worship God. I shout because I shout like my daddy. I run because my daddy run. I love God because my parents love God. We have an important role to play in life. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. There is something about in the world I've I've lived long enough and I have I've seen names that I recognize in sports of of people that played back in the 80s, and now that name comes up again, and you know what it is? It's their children that are playing because the genes are there, because it's transferred the ability to hit a ball, the ability to catch a ball, the ability to shoot a ball, the ability to jump, the ability to throw a ball is there because it was in their, in their daddy. And so it was transferred down into their ability. And you know, the ability, I, 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 I had somebody that was very critical one time that asked me, said, why is so many preacher's sons preachers? I just said, why so many ball players, sons, ball players? It's just, and, and, and it's not that because you're born into a preacher's home that you're called to preach. That's not the fact. There's many that are not. But there is something that is transferred from generation to generation. And if you read this Bible, you'll find it correct. You can transfer blessings or cursings. Amen. I want to transfer blessings. And, and so these things are transferred, but saints of God produce good saints of God. I look at these young people today and their desire to serve God. They're kind of scattered out on me this morning. But their desire to serve God and their faithfulness to God and their fear of God and their love of God. You know the reason why it's in them? Because I can look and see their parents in here today that have the love of God, that have the fear of God, that have faithfulness to God. So it's being transferred from generation to generation to generation. I want to tell you, thank God for the ones that's got their heart in what you're doing. Thank God for the parents that love your children more than you love your job, more than you love your truck, more than you love your car, more than you love your boat, more than you love your dear stuff. You love your children and you put them before the things of this world. Be the daddy that God has called you to be. Amen. I'm getting ready to close today.
if they would come to the music. At the end of life's journey, when it's all said and done and when it's all over, what would you like your children to say about you? I have been to funerals And I've seen the children sit there and nobody shedding a tear. Nobody cries. No emotion. I've been to funerals where I've seen fake tears and crocodile tears where they wouldn't even come see them when they were alive, but since they're dead, you can't drag them off of the casket. But I have been to funerals also where I've seen sincere love and commitment to where they have lost someone that made a very positive influence in their life. A positive commitment to them. What do you want to be said about you? Oh, he had a lot of things. He went a lot of places. He accomplished a lot of things in his life. But when a man is old, And a woman is old and at the end of life's journey. Money doesn't mean a lot. But what means a lot is the family that you still have intact. I've lived long enough that I've seen it both ways. Because a man put his his heart where his treasure was. And I want to tell you men, one of the greatest things that you can do for your children is to love their mother. To love their mother. The greatest thing that you can do, mamas, for your children is to love their father. There's going to be times that you're going to disagree. But let your disagreements be settled in a very godly manner in a private place and not in front of your children. Is your heart in what you're doing today? I know you're here, but is your heart here? I know you have a family, but is your heart 
with your family. You say, oh, when they get to be teenagers, I'm going to tighten up then. You better do it now. When they get in high school, I'll change then. No, you better do it now. You better get committed now. Because the way that a tree falls, the die has already been cast. The die has already been set. The mold is already there. And they have been set in the direction. A few years ago, I preached a sermon on Father's Day about walking a little straighter, Daddy. I was coming home from youth camp and I heard a song on the radio was not I don't guess it was a religious song could have been a religious song but I heard station playing it to fathers I listened at the song got the lyrics of the song it was talking about how that this young man's dad was a a drunk talks about him coming into his graduation drunk Coming to different events, drunk. He was more of an embarrassment than a pride to him. So the whole moral of the song was just walk a little straighter, Daddy. I want to encourage you today, Daddies. Get your heart in what you're doing. Get your heart in what you're doing. Get your heart in living for God. Get your heart in loving your wife. Get your heart in serving your family. Get your heart into being what you want want God to make you into. Society has diminished the roles of fathers. Mothers have diminished the roles of fathers. I heard something one time from a mother that really got my attention. I wanted to say something, but in my better manners, I did not. But the father had done something that the mother didn't like in correction to a child. And she said, I can't believe he'd do that to my baby. I'm thinking, who? What? Your baby? When did it get to be your baby and not our baby? I want to tell you, mothers, the only way that a father can be a father is you to submit just like the Bible says. Just like the Bible says. Maybe I can get an amen from you men. Just like the Bible says. You're not the head authority in the home. According to this holy Bible. That's not me, but that's what the Bible says. 
So you must submit your will to the will of God. And allow the man to take his place. And man, you step up to the plate and be what God wants you to be. For as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, that's the way that man is going to be. So that's the reason why I ask you the question today as we all stand in this building. Is your heart in what you're doing? Is your heart in it today? Is your heart in it? I've asked you today to do something with your children. Some of you, because I know people, has already written that off. But I ask you again, do something with your family today as a family. And while you're doing it, I want you to put your heart in it. There is a method to my madness today. I have a reason for doing what I'm doing. Put your heart in it. Put your heart in it. Let them feel the emotion. There's a difference in saying, I love you, than people feeling. I love you is not a word, a few, a phrase that I throw out loosely. Some people, they don't have any problem saying it. I promise you, if, if, if I say it, I mean it. But I don't just go around telling random people, I, I love you, I love you, I love you, man, I love you, I love you. No, no, no. There's got to be feeling. There's got to be passion. Your heart's got to be in it. Hear me, young men. You've got to have your heart in it. Hear me, you young men, that someday will be married to the love of your life. You've got to totally sell out and totally commit. Your heart's got to be in it children of your own, your heart better be in it or it won't work. Let's pray right now. God, help us today. Help us today, God. We need your leading and guiding hand to help us fulfill the role that you have called us to do. I would, I would like every father in this place today, if you'd make your way to this front, just stand across this front on both sides. If you'd just line up across this front, every father in the house today, if you'd just line up across this front right now. man a real man sees his need for help sees his need for guidance from another world 
I guess the hardest thing for a man to do is when he's driving in a car is stop and ask for directions. I feel like I'm never really lost. Eventually, I will find my way out. That's just the man's way of thinking. When I do have to stop, I'll ask my wife, hey, get out and ask them for directions. I don't want to admit that I'm lost. I don't want to admit that I can't do it. I don't want to admit that I need help. But I want some real men today to understand the task that God has placed before us. The only way that we can do it is by the hand of God leading us and guiding us and directing us. I want you just to lift your hands right now if you are sincere before God. I want you to ask God, search my heart, dear Lord. Because I want my heart into what I'm doing. I want to do it right. I don't get a second chance. I don't get another opportunity. I will never get today back again. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, Holy Ghost. I need you. Come on, men. Somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you realize you need help from God? Do you realize you need help from God? Do you realize you need help from the Lord right now? Oh, mighty God, help us today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. I want my heart to be in it, God. I want my heart in it. I want my heart in it. I want my heart in it. Search my heart, O Lord. Search my heart, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We need you today, God. Help these men today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Help us today, God. What a responsibility. What a responsibility. But it can be done by the power of God. And the way it's going to be done is by God using you and God directing you. Lord, bless you today. Have a wonderful Father's Day. I congratulate all of you fathers.